You'd think that as a video game podcaster and comedian, my life is all fun and games. And honestly, you'd be right. About 90% of the time, it's, it's pretty sweet. But every morning, I deal with something very, very serious. My face. You don't become an Edmonton 6 overnight. It takes work. And in my case, it takes good facial hair. And fortunately, I have a great facial hair tag team partner in Harry's. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set and see what I'm talking about. Harry saw the tire fire that the shaving market had become and asked, how did it get like this? Crappy plastic razors, overpriced blades, all locked up like gold bars. And they said, no, we... We can fix this. And damn it, they did. Harry's ships premium quality razors right to your door. About once a month, I check my mail and there's that little box with everything I need to keep my kid presentable status. The blades stay sharp longer, which means an easier time getting my face in order in the morning. And the razors don't look like a dumb piece of plastic that a junior high schooler uses to take care of their peach fuzz. You have the facial hair of a man now. Shave like one. I actually leave my razor handle on the bathroom counter all the time just because it looks so damn classy. Harry's blades are German engineered and they're made to last. They're the best blades on the market for the best price and you don't even have to go out to get them. Set your delivery schedule and shave like a king. I know it sounds sarcastic, but I'm being serious. I've used Harry's forever. These blades are really freaking good. Highest reviews in the industry. A money back guarantee that you're not going to need and a subscription that you can cancel anytime you want. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just 3 bucks at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week, it is two of our illustrious patent-pending podcasts rolled into one. It's not only a prestigious Patreon poll-winning episode, but it's a rare, revolutionary movie review as well, where instead of talking about a game that we played back in the day, we talk about a movie we watched back in the day based on a game that we played back in the day. And we're obviously, as you can tell from the music that played in the title of the episode and everything else like that, we are talking the Mortal Kombat movie from 1995 this week. Uh, If you don't know, things are just hella busy for me right now, away from the podcast, between comedy, doing four of these a week, the everything else that I got going on, the holidays and all that crap. So uh, I just figured for September's Patreon poll, we would roll with a bunch of video game movies that you all have been asking us to cover for some time because I can watch a two-hour movie a lot faster than I can play another 15-hour video game. So, And I hardly ever watch movies, so I take a ton of shit for missing so many. So we're crossing one off the list this week. Street Fighter from 1994, I think is when it came out. And the first Pokemon movie uh, were the runner-ups. 
on this poll. Uh, but Mortal Kombat from 1995 took the cake. I finally sat down and watched it a couple of weeks ago. And I posted about it that I was sitting down and watching it. And ever since I made that post, people have been messaging me and tweeting at me and Instagramming at me and whatever the fuck it is everybody does. Being like, what'd you think? Did you like it? How was it? How is it? And I'm pretty excited to tell you that you're going to have to wait until after the infamous intro to find out what I think of this fucking movie. Uh, my buddy and my go-to fighting game guest, Mike the Ref, joined me this week. It's funny how some of my guests have... You know when you watch Pawn Stars and it's literally the same episode every fucking time and it's just, I've got a buddy who's an expert in these. Let me bring them down. And I feel like that's slowly what this podcast is becoming. But Mike the Ref is my go-to guest for fighting game conversations. Uh, he joined me this week and we had a great chat about the Mortal Kombat movie, the level of cheese contained within it, and... And whether or not it lived up to the hype uh, that I've been hearing about for so goddamn long. And we'll get to all that in just a minute. Because speaking of so goddamn long, it's time for another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our intros are kind of long, but they're fun. And they're way less cheesy. While they're somewhat less cheesy than Mortal Kombat was. Uh, but seriously, though, if you do want to skip the intro, go about 30 minutes up the road, and you'll get into the Mortal Kombat talk. Uh, listen, before I get to my plugs, I have got to... I'd be remiss if I did not say thank you so much to everybody that swung by, watched, and or supported my 24-hour charity stream that just took uh, took place this past weekend. My goal was $15,000. We raised over $20,000 for the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton. Uh, one of the biggest campaigns in any extra life like of everyone running on it this year. We were in the top like 35 i think it's fucking absolutely incredible so thank you to everybody that came by and broke balls and donated money and all that kind of stuff uh for anyone that wants to see any of the gameplay you can find the full 24-hour video over on twitch right now but i will eventually over the next week or so hopefully be cutting up those games into short bite-sized chunks and throwing them up over on youtube youtube.com slash remember the game if you want to check any of them out all right uh now i have to do the plugs because this is how i keep the bills on we have merchandise we have hoodies we have t-shirts we have coffee mugs we have posts posters and all that kind of stuff rocking incredible art that was all drawn and designed by my man joe from 4545creative.com you can check him out over there and you can check our merch out at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested it is a great way to support this little podcast of ours and of course if you don't do close and i get it i'm naked right now you can always just support us on patreon because for just two bucks a month you get two extra shows every week we actually have another tier there's multiple tiers for five bucks a month you get three extra shows every week but i always just plug the two dollar one two bucks a month Get you two shows every single week. You get exclusive access to my gaming news show, Game Patch, every Friday, where I look at all the biggest news in modern video games and throw my opinions and some profanity and stuff in there. And Expansion Pass drops every Thursday, and that's a different show every week. I do uh, game and character rankings, console rankings. We look back at particular consoles and characters and genres and franchises. There's some comedy episodes. There's a ton of modern game reviews over there. Uh, this past week on Expansion Pass, we celebrated the second birthday of the Xbox Series Everything's and the PlayStation five and talked about the start of this generation where we think the future might go for this generation and as is becoming tradition here during the intro here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of expansion past two years of the playstation 5 and xbox series everything I'm sick. Frankly, I'm sick of talking about the, the console shortage. We all know it's a thing. If you've been waiting two years to get one of these consoles, for the love of Christ, do not cave and pay a fucking reseller now. You will get one soon. Numbers are going up. You're going to get one. I promise. Uh, let's get into the games. Because I think that's the other big talking point about this generation. Uh, quite frankly, outside of like consoles that didn't work 
like, you know, the Panasonic 3DO, the Atari Jaguar, the Sega Saturn. The, and the, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be a douche, but you know what I'm saying? The consoles that only ever had like 15 or 20 games or fucking whatever. Uh, for the mainstream successful consoles, I would, I've been a gamer since the NES. And I would argue this has been the slowest first two years of a generation I've ever seen. As far as like big new games for these consoles. I think most people would agree with that. That's now available on our archives, and this week, for Expansion Pass 137, I'm going to drop another modern game review and look at Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope from the Nintendo Switch. I was very excited for this game. I'm happy to say it lived up to my expectations. Uh, so if you're on the fence, not sure if it's worth it or not, maybe I can convince you to pull the trigger this week. And if you don't know, we have a ton of modern game reviews in the Expansion Pass archives. There's there's so many. There's got to be 30 or 40 now. They're all spoiler-free, as this one will be, so you're safe if you want to go in there and listen to them. Uh, God of War Ragnarok and Sonic Frontiers will both be getting review episodes in the coming month or so as well as soon as I'm done them. So again, two bucks. Get you two extra shows every week. Instant access to over 250 archived podcasts plus access to our ever-growing Remember the Game Discord, the chance to vote in our Patreon poll at the end of every month, the ability to submit comments to be read on all of our podcasts. You can DM with me and I actually check them on like Twitter and Instagram that are just full of goddamn spam and I'm sorry to anyone that messages me on there and they get lost. And you get a shout out right here in the intro and get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. A huge thank you to our newest patrons. There's a lot of them this week. Pee Wee Sweeters. That's a that's, that's a weird name. I like that name, though. Uh, Sean Holder, Daniel Dombrowski, John Baker, Nordak, Louis David Prevost. I hope I said that right. Just Mike Plays, Nolan Carlson, Soggy Unagi, Crash Override, Daniel Laval. Laval? I think I think I said that right. The Stone Shooter, Shorzy, Ben Kuzchiak. I'm bad at this. Petey Butter Nubs. Sounds delicious and weird. Justin Combustion, John Hathaway, Max Ping, Mikey, Jared Birick, Beers of War, MS45, Jeffrey Hughes, Vinny Bag of Donuts, Slurm McDuff, Gary Alzen, Jean-Francois Misson, Play- <laughs> I hope I didn't butcher that, Plated Shrimp, Benjamin, Dylan Trader, Mike Borgatti, Considered Dead, Delta Squad 2K, Mayor McCheese, Just May Fire, Hear and Make 6928, Joshua Vareb, Sean Blair, Mikey Hennedy, Brian Kozlowski, Ryan Moore, and Jeremy Cologne. I hope I didn't butcher too many of those names. Thank you all so much. Welcome to Remember the Game Industries, patreon.com slash remember the game. And don't forget, you can find me on Twitch whenever I feel like sitting on there, twitch.tv slash remember the game. And uh, I also have Let's Plays and stuff at youtube.com slash remember the game if you want to check those out as well. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you by blowing in some cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment Blowing in the Cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. Let's blow our first blower this week is Blaine the Hoagie Man, who wrote in and said, I know you have varying opinions on Yoshi, so I'll ask you this. What would you change about Yoshi to make him the coolest character in your mind? How would you make him more badass? And no, you can't just get rid of him. Much love from the man who eats all the hoagies. You know what? That's a So for the record, I don't hate Yoshi as much as I let on. It's just me like... I actually kind of like Yoshi and it's just me trying to be that big rough guy who's like, I don't like that guy. You know, like that, the, the, the old grumpy old, like janitor with the heart of gold. That's what I am when it comes to Yoshi. But if I was going to make Yoshi more likable, you know, I was thinking about this. You know what I would do? I'd make Yoshi like Poochie. 
from the Simpsons. I give him shades and nunchucks and a surfboard, and he would just rap all the time, and he'd be so much cooler until Nintendo eventually killed him off and sent him back to his home planet. But that's what I would do to make Yoshi good. Uh, I'm just Cyan. Si I hope I said that right. Cyan, Cyan wrote in and said, "Just wanted to let all the hot dogs know. First time dad here to a beautiful baby girl born on November 9th. Fucking a." Congratulations, Cyan, to you and the mom. I hope everybody and your baby, baby Cyan, is all doing well. Also, I'd like to shout out Max Ping Mikey. I'm glad you're recovering, my dude. Hope you are feeling okay. Lord Finish wrote in and said, here's a stupid question for you. If you were cursed so that you would die if the character in the game you're playing dies, what game would you choose? To put it simply, what game can you finish without dying? And you can't cheat and say sports games. Good, because I rarely win at sports games, so I wouldn't win that anyway. You know, I had to think about this. If my life was on the line and I had to beat a video game without dying, I think I would go with The Little Mermaid on the NES. And mock me if you must. I haven't played that game since I was a kid, but I remember renting that game and beating it without dying on my very first playthrough. I positive i did that i was a little kid so i'm gonna go with the little mermaid and take my fucking chances that's that will be the one i think just trying to think of this no i'll go with that i'll go with that i i suck at so many video games i'll go with the little mermaid uh tree tribuzio wrote in and said adam nothing to do with video games i just had to tell you how impressed i was that you got my name right and i'm so sure i just fucked that name up no one ever does and for someone who claims they mess up everyone's name you did a brilliant job loving all the patreon podcasts best two bucks i ever spent thank you for all your hard work creating these great shows my husband and i love listening together and laughing at the fond and not so fond memories of gaming in our youth i like reading that because it's so rare that i actually get somebody's name right that it's nice and i'm sure i just fucked it up t and if i did i apologize but at least i got it right once you can take that to the bank take it to the bank benzeal 909 wrote in and said hey adam i turned 45 recently and i've been a gamer since the 80s growing up games were all about the best graphics and action my taste in games has evolved lately i'm more into story and narrative driven games now such as detroit become human gris and the wanderer frankenstein's creature i also don't care much about graphics anymore as long as a game is good graphics don't matter i love the old school pixel art like you do have your tastes in game evolved over the years or you pretty much stayed the same keep up the good work brother uh thanks benzeal uh, I don't know if I would say my tastes in games have changed as I've gotten older. I will say this podcast has introduced me to some games that I fucking love that I never would have played if I hadn't started this podcast. I actually, uh, I've tried some racing games that I've really enjoyed. I've tried some RPGs that I've really enjoyed. I've, I've, there's been God, I fuck. I can't even imagine. There's gotta be 30, 40 games over the last four and a half years that I've started for this podcast that I never would have played otherwise. So I don't know if my gaming tastes have changed, but this podcast has uh, expanded my horizons and made me try new things. I also agree 100%. I've never cared about graphics. I have said that before. I just want to make sure I say that again. Listen, nice graphics are great. And if a game looks nice, that's a bonus. But give me a game that looks fucking like an nes game but that plays well over like a cinematic perfect i can't tell if this is real life or not game that plays like a bag of shit every single time every time so i yeah graphics have never mattered to me i i just i just want the game to be fun that's and i will say too playing a lot of modern games like i'm playing god of war ragnarok and sonic frontiers right now and i have opinions uh well, i'll save those for those episodes but like over the weekend for my 24-hour stream, I was playing, like, I played, like, Mega Man, Mario Brothers, Sonic. I played some old-school games, and I was like, dude, there's just something about, like, Link to the Past I played some of, and I was like, there's just something about these old, there's something about them. There's something about old-school games where the graphics weren't the focal point that just, 
They're special, man. They're fucking special. So yeah, uh, that I hope that answers your question in a very roundabout way, Benzeal. The big deal wrote in and said, given your love for the Switch's handheld capabilities, what are your thoughts on retro gaming handhelds? I own a Retroid Pocket myself, and it's a pretty powerful device that supports emulation for everything up to the fifth generation of consoles and some sixth generation. It even plays well with two very hard-to-emulate systems, the Dreamcast and, dare I say it, the Sega Saturn. Uh, I got it. I have a buddy, he's a comedian, and he's got one of those handheld, I don't know what brand it is, but he's got this little handheld thing, it kind of looks like a Game Boy Advance, that's just full of like NES, SNES, and Genesis games, and it's fucking rad as shit, I love looking at that thing. Um, I've never used or owned one myself, I'm not, a, I, in case you're newer to the show, my stance on emulation is I have no major problem with it, but if it's a game that I can buy from the rights holder, I usually will go out of my way to buy it. Uh, if the only way for me to play it is to go to the flea market, you know, and fucking give some greasy reseller 300 bucks for a cartridge. I have no beef with emulating that. And truth be told, I don't have a lot of problem with people emulating old games to begin with. Um, I think if you're emulating switch games or PS4 games or something right now, you're a piece of shit and you're what's wrong with this hobby. Uh, but if you're, if you're emulating old games that aren't readily available anymore, I have no problem with that at all. So I've never used one. People have asked me before if I'd consider getting one. Uh, I don't know. I like to, I like to stream a lot of my retro games and I can't do that off of one of those. And I, before you say the steam deck, I know they're just very expensive and I don't know how bad I want one. I will get one eventually, but that's why most of my gaming, my old gaming, I either do on my switch, my Xbox, my PS5, or I do it on my classic consoles just cause I can hook them up and stream them. No problem. So uh, but no, I, I don't have a problem with it. I think they're pretty cool little devices. I would have blown my fucking mind when I was a kid. That's for sure. Uh, so thank you for writing in, big deal. And finally, it's letter time. It's letter time. Ryan Grinus wrote in and said, Hi, Adam. I want to give recognition and show my appreciation for the developers at Santa Monica for the level of depth and the accessibility options of God of War Ragnarok. I have PTSD. One of my symptoms is trembling hands. Most of the time it's mild, but sometimes they'll shake uncontrollably. This makes the precision mini game developers... Many games, pardon me, developers use almost impossible for me. There are games I haven't been able to finish because I can't get past a lock picking or hot wiring minigame. Santa Monica gave me the option to change from a precision minigame to a button sequence game. Most people don't think about these kinds of problems, but Santa Monica did, and I hope I can use your podcast to get some praise for them out there. Thank you. Uh, I think that is fucking awesome. And I think there's, I mean... You know, let's be honest, like a majority of games aren't doing this kind of stuff yet. I'm sure it's very expensive and not every game developer can afford to put them out of time into uh, the accessibility customization and stuff like that. But I like seeing more of the big companies doing that. Seeing Santa Monica do that with God of War, seeing uh, Naughty Dog doing that with The Last of Us. I like seeing games be made more accessible to people. Somebody close to me is going through something right now where they're unable to play as many video games as they used to play too. And it's rad to see more and more customization options coming in because the gaming should be for everybody. Right. And I, I really, yeah, I, I agree with you, Ryan. I'm fortunate that, you know, minus my fucking piece of shit. eye. uh, in case you don't know, I, I'm almost blind in one eye. Uh, but outside of my wonky eye, like I'm still in pretty good shape. Uh, other than I just suck at video games. So I've never really had to think about it, but to hear from people that do have some disability issues and some uh, inabilities to play certain games and to see them being worked around with more and more uh, accessibility and customization options, I just think that's the fucking bee's knees. So I'm happy to hear that, Ryan. And yeah, shout out to developers like uh, Santa Monica for making their big games accessible to as many people as possible. And I know that kind of just sounds like a, you know, fucking... Uh, what's the stupid 
Sesame Street. That's I was like Streets of Rage, Disney Street. What the fuck is that show? I know maybe that kind of sounds like a Sesame Street, like games are for everybody, but games are for fucking everybody. So fuck you. It's awesome. And I'm glad that more people are playing them. Fuck yeah, Ryan. And I hope you're enjoying God of War Ragnarok because it is pretty, pretty, pretty fucking spectacular. And that's going to do it for blowing in the cartridge this week. Thank you, as always, for all the submissions, everybody. Mucho appreciado. Let's change things up and let's get into our, uh, let's get into a varied version of our smash hit segment. Watch one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week, I, well, most weeks I give our listeners three retro video games. This week, I'm giving our listeners three retro movies based on three retro video games. They can watch one as it was released. They can refilm one as a modern movie. And the third movie is erased from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. We'll get to what it is in just a second. And this week, I decided to go with three classic fighting-esque game movies. Uh, we have Mortal Kombat Annihilation, Street Fighter, and Double Dragon. And there was a one-point difference. I think this was the closest vote we've ever had between the winner and the runner-up. And unfortunately, Double Dragon was erased in both of them. 28% said watch Mortal Kombat Annihilation and remake Street Fighter. 27% said watch Street Fighter, remake Mortal Kombat Annihilation. And then you all said erase Double Dragon. So let's see what a few of you had to say here. And then I'll tell you what I think the right answer is. Pass the couch. I like that name. Wrote in and said, watch Street Fighter because Raul Julia, Raul Julia steals every scene he's in and I can't imagine it without his performance. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not sure who that, I'm going to Google it right now. I never do this while I'm podcasting. I want to see, I've not seen any of these movies for the record. Uh, I've never seen any movies. Raul, Raul Julia. I don't recognize this guy from anything. What will I have seen that this guy is fucking in? Filmography. Where is his filmography? Oh, he's passed away. Uh Oh, damn. The last. Oh, dude, he was Gomez in the Adams family. Yeah. All right. I know who that is. Oh, I gotcha. All right. Well, okay. All right. Uh let's sorry. Let me get back to your answer here. Fair enough. Uh <clears throat> Because Raul, Raul Julia steals every scene that he's in. Uh, remake Mortal Kombat Annihilation because I had such high hopes as a kid and I'd love to have the expectations I had met. Uh, that unfortunately leaves Double Dragon on the chopping block. It just doesn't have the same level of nostalgia for me as the other two. Sound logic all around. Past the couch. No double secret probation needed here. Nakamura wrote in and said, watch Street Fighter because it's a great example of a movie that's so bad that it's good. Remake Double Dragon because with the right people involved, it could be a killer movie. And erase Annihilation because it stinks, stanks, stunks, and the new Mortal Kombat movie from a couple years ago ruled. Dude, I, I really want to watch Annihilation now and I'm fucking nervous about it seeing so many people say that it sucks. Ah, fuck. Uh, he read card good. Listen to this. He read card good, wrote in. I'm going to erase them all, but before you even fucking think about putting me on double secret probation, hear me out. I can't bring myself to purposely erase any of these because they're all so awful, they full circle themselves unknowingly into somehow great movies. They're all kind of like a fart. They stink, but you can't help but smell and secretly like it. I've never smelled and liked a fart. 
even my own. That being said, I would watch Double Dragon because for me, it's where it all began. I'd remake Street Fighter because let's be honest, there's absolutely no way they can make it any worse. But then I'd erase Mortal Kombat Annihilation because there's enough Mortal Kombat movie content to enjoy and or mock. But by doing so, a crack in the nexus of time between the Earth realm and Outer World forms and creates a rift in the space-time continuum, erasing all of existence, thus also erasing all three of these titles in the process so you and your double secret probation can go fuck yourselves. I have no idea if that is the smartest or the dumbest comment I have ever read on play one remake one erase one and i mean that sincerely because i've read it like four times and i can't figure out if i'm missing something and that completely makes sense or if you just randomly threw a bunch of big words in there to fuck with me and try to get yourself off double secret probation but it worked well played he read card good well fucking played i still have no idea what you're saying though and uh max ping mikey wrote in and said first time player for the, this week for real i love that people have to say that for real i'm not you know, because anyway, uh, I've been in the streams on Twitch, but I finally got caught up on the Remember the Game backlog. I'm proud to be an official hot dog. I, well, thank you, Mike's Max Ping. I would watch Mortal Kombat. The music is still sick, and I used to watch this movie with my brothers growing up. I'd remake Double Dragon because I love the games, but the movie was lackluster and left something to be desired. And I would erase Street Fighter. I love the games, but the movie was abysmal and left a lot to be desired. Also, if we erase this movie, we won't get the live action video game based off this movie that was based off the game. Is that a thing? There's a Mortal Kombat, the movie, the game based on the game? Fucking mortal. Or wait, Street Fighter, pardon me. Ah, fuck, that's sick. Uh, I'm actually going with the slim majority of you this week. 28%. I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Uh, including uh, Pee Wee Squitters, who wrote in and said, I will watch Mortal Kombat Annihilation because I watched it as a kid when it first came out and thought it was incredible. I got that nostalgia shield with that one. I'll remake Street Fighter so I can see them create Blanca and New Age CGI and erase Double Dragon because I never watched it in the first place. I wouldn't go necessarily with the same reasoning, um, but I would go with the same order. I'm going to watch Mortal Kombat combat annihilation because i have to now after watching the first one i gotta see what's so horrible about the second one so i will watch mortal kombat annihilation i'm gonna remake street fighter just because i think it would make a cooler movie than double dragon and i also agree to see blanca with new age cgi would be fucking sick and i'm gonna race double dragon because the wizard has double dragon in it and the wizard is better than any of these movies anyways so that's and if you don't know now you know there's an episode about the wizard in the archives in case you're interested uh long live the wizard i love that stupid movie uh, thank you, everyone that played along this week. As always, what have I been playing over the last uh, week? Uh, I'll tell you. And then we'll get into talking about the Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, obviously, I did the 24-hour stream. And again, those will all be up on YouTube soon. I played a ton of retro shit over there. Quick shout-out to WCW NWO Revenge. I played lots of stuff on the 24-hour stream, but I did fire up WCW NWO Revenge for the first time since I was, fuck, probably 15 or 16 years old. And uh, it still holds up. It was awesome. I had so much fun. It was one of the highlights of the stream for me was playing WCW NW Revenge. I got to track down a copy of No Mercy now because I, oh my God, it held up so well. So uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, outside of that stream though, I've basically been playing uh, three games. I've been playing Sonic Frontiers, uh, which I have mixed opinions on, but you'll hear about those when I do a review in a few weeks. I've been playing God of War Ragnarok, which I think is stunning. Uh, and I've been playing Alundra on the PS1. I've been playing it on my PS3 before the PS1 for an upcoming episode of the show. I'm really enjoying it. It's a cute little uh, cute little game. It's kind of what I wish Ocarina of Tim had been. But I'm not that far in yet. And, dude, fuck me. First time this has happened to me in a long time because I insist on playing it on the original, like, I bought it off the PSN and I'm playing the PS1 version of my PS3. I don't have save states. And I ran into the classic situation a few days ago where I lost a bunch of progress because I died and had it saved in like an hour. And it, I was just like, I fucking raged so bad. And I was like, well, oh, fuck, fuck this game. But I'm going to go back. But man, 
We don't realize how spoiled we are with the goddamn checkpoints every eight seconds that we deal with now. Holy fuck. Uh, but yeah, and then I played a little bit more. I finished Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope, which I'll be reviewing on Expansion Pass uh, tomorrow. All right, that's it. Let's talk the Mortal Kombat movie. That's why you kids are here. As always, I like to give my listeners a chance to sound off about whatever we're talking about before my guest and I hogged the microphone. Zach Fazio wrote in and said, I remember losing my shit as a kid when I saw the TV spot for this. You could have wrapped a giant dog shit in a ninja outfit and a ninja outfit, and I would have loved it. Seeing Scorpion and Sub-Zero on the big screen was amazing to a little gamer turd like myself. That is a lot of, that's three poop references in three sentences, Zach. That's, you're almost at your quota for the year, and we still have, like six weeks to go. Uh, I will agree though. Seeing Scorpion and Sub-Zero was one of the highlights of the movie for me as well. Uh, Mike Dobson wrote in and said, this movie was fucking epic. Casting was great. Characters were spot on. Plot was razor thin, but it was a cheesy good time. If this had the proper rated R treatment, it would have been the best movie of the series. Definitely better than the hot piece of trash that was the sequel Annihilation. What a fucking dumpster fire. I gotta watch this movie now. Gotta see what all the hubbub is about with this movie. Normal Normie wrote in and said watching Christopher Lambert as Raiden was pure 90s guilty is pure 90s guilty pleasure his line of I don't think so with the Raiden's lightning effect is a callback to Connor McLeod and Highlander and fits both roles perfectly I don't get that reference also Johnny Cage calling the stunt doubles amateurs on his movie set is ironic considering how bad his fight scenes are off camera it stands in contrast to Liu Kang's performance however making those scenes seem better than they really were and Kano should have won heel of the year 1995 if there were such a thing I love Johnny Cage. That's the biggest thing I have to talk about in this fucking movie because he is my favorite character, but... Oh, fuck me. A couple more comments and we'll get into this. Rot B. Rot by? Rot by? Wrote in and said, Mortal Kombat is one of my favorite series of all time. I've bought every entry except the original and number er, and 10 on day one. I've obsessively played it for more hours than anybody should unabashedly admit. And even I can tell you that this movie is often viewed with rose-colored glasses. It's decent at best, but it looks like Citizen Kane compared to other Mortal Kombat and video game movies. Would you guys agree with that? I'm curious. I haven't seen any other fighting game movies at all. So I can't speak to it, but... I don't, and I've never seen Citizen Kane either. So I, this is why I don't review a lot of movies because I don't know anything about movies and I just look like more of an idiot than normal. Uh, just Mike plays. It's going to have the final comment and all Mike said was, get over here, which is what a Mortal Kombat is all the fuck about, right? Let's talk about it. I'm going to have my guest, Mike the Ref. Uh, oh, gee, I fucked this. I was all excited then I fucked it up. My guest, Mike the Ref, is going to join me in just a moment. We are going to queue up some Mortal Kombat music. Mortal music is what we should be calling it. And when it stops, Mike the Ref and I are going to take another look back at the original Mortal Kombat movie, which hit theaters on August 18th of 1995. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work gone like that. But at the end of the day, it's a video game. It matters, but kinda, you know? That exact scenario, but with a work project, an essay for school, data for your business, that's no joke. That could be really serious. You need a safety net. And I got you, fam, with my partners over at CrashPlan. Visit CrashPlan.com RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. CrashPlan has been protecting people's data since 2001. And a couple years ago, they set out on their own with one mission, to provide the 
best damn cloud backup solution on the market. CrashPlan runs quietly in the background of your computer or Mac, and every 15 minutes on the clock, they create a new backup of every file that's changed in that time. So if something goes wrong, God forbid, you don't lose hours, lose days, lose weeks of work. Just log into your account and you can download your most recent backup from the secure cloud servers. And there's not just one backup. There's a laundry list of them. You can pick and choose which one you want. It's like the ultimate undo button. If you work on a computer in any capacity, CrashPlan is a must-have. And if you're thinking, ah, that's for big businesses. I'm just Joe Schmo. CrashPlan protects Joe Schmo. They offer a ton of plans in tiers. So there's a crash plan for everyone from small one-person businesses like me to you fancy businesses in offices with staff and free donuts and all that stuff. Time is money. Why wouldn't you protect your work? Spreadsheets, diagrams, videos, art, podcasts. CrashPlan has you covered. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com RTG for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Okay, uh, this, I, I don't know if I can say that this is an anticipated episode or not, but ever since this stupid movie won this stupid video game movie poll, I have been getting asked, what do you think of Mortal Kombat? And the time has finally come. I have a lot to say about this, as does my guest. Joining me via the blank phone this week is a good buddy of mine, uh, the, the go-to nerd when it comes to fighting games, and by association, I guess, fighting game movies. Uh, it's my buddy, Mike the Ref. How's it hanging, man? I, I got to tell you, Adam, I am absolutely dead nervous right now because I saw one one post you put up on Instagram and Twitter about just showing you watching this this movie and the list of comments that came out over it. That's a lot of pressure I got to live up to here. Dude, so. it's fucking... I- <laughs> So for those of you quickly, I'll just, I might've explained this in case you don't know, we record these parts of the podcast before I do the intro. We're recording this a week before I do the intro. So maybe I'll have mentioned this, but quickly, normally for our Patreon poll, our patrons get to pick a game that I haven't played to review on the show, but I'll just be completely transparent with everybody. I am running right now, this time of year with comedy and everything. And I just don't have time to tack another fucking 20 hour game onto my backlog. So I thought I always get asked to review video game movies. Let's just throw a bunch of video game movies on there. I can bang one out in two hours, and then it saved me some time. I give an episode everybody wants. And that poll very quickly came down to this movie, and I think the first Pokemon was the runner-up, which we'll probably do at some point. I had no idea what to expect coming into this movie, and I sat down and watched this, and I need... Okay, I need a moment to collect my thoughts before I tell the world what I think. So, Mike, I'll ask you, as a much bigger fan of the Mortal Kombat franchise and everything... What do you think of this movie? Is this a good movie? All right. Well, right off the bat, I have to say this. I watched it twice getting ready for this episode. The first one was actually on VHS because I actually do have a copy of this movie on VHS as well as the DVD re-release that they did right before Mortal Kombat 9 in 2011. Um, I have to say, this lighting up for me is... One of my two favorite 
movies based on video games, anime, whatnot. Growing up as a kid, it was between this and the Transformers movie from 1986. Okay. If you're if you're going into uh, one thing you got to expect in a kind of movie like this is cheese. And I think we found a little bit of cheese in this movie. Oh, a little bit, sir? This, I but, still, I'm still not going to say what I think of it, but like this movie, this movie is a fucking plate of nachos cheese. It is a, it is fucking cheesy to the max, my friend. To well, the max. Well, I have to say, I have to say this. I was a little confused about it with 15 year old me about why it was so cheesy. Now at 43, 44, sorry, I can't remember my own age. Uh, at 44 years old, I can understand why they have the cheese now, because they were there was actual fights going into this movie with the production company about keeping this at a PG rating so they can keep their audience. Ah, you can't have but, Mortal <laughs> Kombat at PG. Fuck right off. But but the thing is, most of the people that are watching Mortal Kombat play Mortal Kombat are kids. That's true. I guess that's true. And, and if you're gonna, if you you gotta cater to your kids here, and basically, at, let's just face it, R rated at 2022 is a little different than R rated in 1995. Totally. Yeah. So agreed. Apparently, apparently, one of the rules I was doing a little wiki searching. By the way, folks, this might be a little facty, a little bit more than uh, the typical podcast. You know, I apologize ahead of time. But uh, one of the things they said is they cannot have a human death on screen. You can do a, a death of a creature, but you can't do a death of a human on screen to keep it at PG. Oh. Wait, so does that mean, like, in theory, like, you couldn't electrocute somebody and, like, have them die by being struck by lightning and still leave it at PG-13? Like, is you that considered... Have struck by li- you could have them struck by lightning... You gotta have them hit the ground off camera, and then they come down. They're lying. They're dead. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Fucking well, that, all that, right. Okay. Well, I, I don't. We're spo- by the way spoilers because we're twenty five years out. Oh yeah. This release I, I think I'm the last person uh, to see this movie. We can spoil it. Here's an example for you: the final scene with Liu Kang and Shang Tsung. After Liu Kang shoots that fireball out of nowhere into Shang Tsung's chest, and he goes flying off that. Uh, wall into those spikes you actually don't get to see him go through the spikes you get to see him land on the ground with his head and then it then he just morphs into that skeleton and dies oh so so it's it's creative editing like that that uh, helps uh, helps out this movie with the gore but still keeps it in a pg setting kind of thing okay now okay because i all right i'm just okay I'm going to just put it out there. I like this movie. All right. In case anyone's like waiting and they're like, did he actually, I did. I actually, I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself watching this. Keeping in mind, I don't know that much about Mortal Kombat or anything like that. I enjoyed watching this movie. There, my big, to me, where the cheese came from in this movie was like, and I don't mean to be disrespectful because I can't act either, but like the acting in this movie 
is horrifically bad. And outside of that, I didn't think it was that cheesy. I thought some of the special effects were cool. I popped when Scorpion did his get over here and stuff like that. Like, I was on board. I liked the fight scenes. I didn't even hate the story. But the act, Johnny Cage is not my main. Like, when I play, in the odd time I play Mortal Kombat, I like uh, Melina. But Johnny Cage is so far and away my favorite character in the Mortal Kombat universe because he's just that arrogant you know piece of shit whatever and when they introduced him to start the movie i was like fuck yeah my boy johnny cage dude for a guy who plays an actor he can't act to save his fucking life and don't come at me anybody listening to this with like oh well that's so and so who was in this movie or this i don't know anything about movies i don't know anything about actors or actresses i don't know who's in what all i'm saying is that guy was fucking awful as was sonya blade they were both horrific considering they were two of the main characters the characters the writing the special effects i was fine with all of it neither one i could have acted better than they fucking acted it pissed me off all right adam let's i want to play a game with you right now we're, we're, we're introducing a game show with you right now terrible go ahead our, our our game's gonna be can you guess the actor that was originally offered the part i got two names for you first of all who got offered the position of Sonya blade Take a wild guess. I actually so Deke Nelson was actually the second person off. I think I actually I think it was Diaz. I think I remember that from the nineties. It was Cameron Diaz. Absolutely. It was Cameron yeah. Diaz, but that I knew. It, it wasn't that she declined it. She broke her wrist right before filming. Oh, it would have made it so much better because whoever played her in that movie can't act. Fucking terrible. It was like soap uh, opera acting. It was awful. <laughs> You want to talk about somebody who isn't filled in for the role? Here, here's the other one. Who do you think was originally offered the position of Raiden, the Thunder God? Which oh, Raiden the uh, I don't know who was the, was it the guy from was the actual actor in the movie the guy that played uh, the bad guy in Ghostbusters two? Vigo, that's who uh, it looked like. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know anything about acting. I I don't know anything. Sean freaking Cottery was offered that role first. <laughs> that would have been so sick. That would have made it so much better. <laughs> it's, it's funny because Wayne's supposed to be uh, like a, an aging god. Yeah. I don't think Sean Cottery is exactly the best role for that. No, it would have made it so much I, better, though. Like, <laughs> you oh, you're going to have to defend your defend your planet like it would have been so much sicker than whoever the fuck <laughs> played him like what a what a like dude if it just had people that could act i would have been like this movie was fucking spectacular but the acting was like i swear to god it was like every line in this movie it was like they were going through rehearsals and then they were like good enough that'll we'll keep that one that's fucking it was terrible raiden sucked johnny cage sucked fucking sonya blade sucked the uh the only people that were good we're fucking scorpion and reptile because you couldn't, they didn't say anything. Well, my biggest beef with that, I did enjoy this movie as well, first of all, but I do have to say my biggest beef with this movie was the fact that when you're at Mortal Kombat, what are you expecting more than anything? Like gore. You want to see some horrific battles, right? Yeah. Well, the first real fight in the movie, 37 freaking minutes in. Yeah, and that was, was just, that, and that's just when they fought on the beach, right? No, like with that the was boats? the. Uh, they were down in Shang Tsung's uh, little palace there, where Kato and uh, Goro were eating. 
Oh, right. And, and they were like spying on him. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't count those little fights that they had earlier. That was just one move and done. I almost quit. I like, if I, sorry, I don't mean to, if I hadn't been watching it for the podcast, that first fight where, uh, who's the fucking, is it Leo, Leo Kang? That's the main character. The guy who's like trying to avenge his Luke, brother, Kang, Leo Kang. Luke, Luke Kang. Luke Kang, Luke Kang. Um, he like fights some dude on like a beach, like in a circle with like two bow staffs and they fought and that was it. And I was like, dude, if all the fights are this, fuck this movie so hard. But then eventually the fights start to get so stupid that it makes them good. But you're right. Yeah. Like, so that first fight where like, uh, Luke Kang and Johnny Cage and Sonya Blade are like power rangering it up in the basement, fighting all those like footies or whatever the fuck they are. Yeah. Yeah. the, the worst part about it is as you're going through this, like you're getting the description, the first half hours, about getting the characters developed and uh, <laughs> Say, other- loosely, loosely developed. Sorry. Loosely. Uh, I, I forgot. There's one more, uh, there's one more position that they had here that was supposed to be a cameo. You remember that Johnny Cage was yelling at a director uh, after the guy wouldn't fall down in the uh, little stage effect in the beginning of the movie. Yes, I do. Yes. Fight at the beginning. Yeah. Then he was yelling at the director. That was supposed to be Steven Spielberg. I thought it was. That was no. It, it was a very good lookalike, but it yeah, was. I, I thought Spielberg. it was. <laughs> that, oh, I had to take a double take too because after I took a look at it, I'm like, "Wait, is it? No. Oh, okay. No, was it? Shouldn't it?" Be? Even that, so, uh, sorry, go up just on that scene. That was the moment where I realized this movie was going to be so so stupid. And again, I like this movie. When I say stupid, take it as a term of endearment. I like this movie. But that first scene where Johnny Cage is fighting those four or five, like, guards or whatever, and, like, the fight looks so crappy. And then he goes, that's what you're supposed to fall down or whatever. And it was like, I was just like, I hope the whole movie isn't this cheesy. And it was. That was just the beginning of the cheese. And, fuck, it was Oh, it was so bad. It was so bad that it was good. So bad that it was well, good. It's funny because when it comes to movies like this, I just like to turn my brain off. And yes. Yeah. I really needed to do that for this movie. Yeah, I picked I, the wrong time think- to stop smoking pot right before I watched this movie. <laughs> like, I would I should have just got fried and then put this on. I would have enjoyed it so much more. I, I still liked it, but... Uh, sorry, go ahead. See- I, I would I would say my only other criticism of the movie is during these fight scenes, literally one person to win, you'd have maybe a second, and then all of a sudden you're in the second fight, and then you're in the third fight, and then the fourth fight. Give him a second to breathe or something so it comes down so you can build back up again. Yeah, I could get on board with that. I thought the fight... <laughs> my favorite fight in the movie is when uh, Johnny Cage fights... I think it's Scorpion. Yeah, Scorpion. And then they go to hell? Yes, when they're fighting in hell. And Johnny Cage does this fucking stupid thing where he, like, jumps, grabs this, like, bar above him, flips over on top of it. And then he's like, and it was just like, nobody can do that. Like, Scorpion has superpowers and he can't fucking do that. But it was just, I think Scorpion, like, is Scorpion, I would argue that Scorpion is the most iconic Mortal Kombat character ever. I would argue that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, and uh, if you didn't know, the the actual voicing of Scorpion in this movie, as in every game that he has been involved in, is actually the uh, creator of Mortal Kombat, Ed Boon. That's awesome. And that, okay, I like that. 
Because I, I thought there, there they, was actually. I, I don't want to jump movies here, but the 2021 version, when someone said that he was not going to be doing the line, get over here. Uh, there was pretty much a pitchforking thing ready to be done just because Ed Boone wasn't involved in saying that. As there should have been. Like, I can live with Chris Pratt as Mario, but I want the Scorpion voice. So, yeah, that's ridiculous. That was my favorite fight yeah. in the movie just because it's it's my favorite character fighting, like, the most iconic character. But then there's also, like, this stupid part of that fight where fucking Scorpion takes off his mask and then his face is like a skeleton. And then he goes to, like, breathe fire or something, and Johnny Cage just happens to be kneeling near a shield that picks up that's completely fireproof and black. <laughs> Well, that, 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 that pays that pays homage to his actual uh, fatality in the original Mortal Kombat game. Right. Because when you do the fatality for him, you rip his head off, he shoots a fireball at your legs, and you burn it to coke. Okay, and I wanted to ask you but, that. So uh, the only... Now, my Mortal Kombat knowledge is very minimal. The only nods to the games that I caught uh, were get over here, like the, the classic line... And then when Johnny Cage yep. does the splits and punches the big guy in the nuts, um, which I knew of and loved that. But, like, are there a lot of, like, did they do a good job? I'll ask you as someone that knows Mortal Kombat. Did they do a good job repping these characters outside of the acting, which is fucking terrible. But, like, did they did they do that well? I would have to say that for the most part it was, like, the main characters, they were pretty much developed the way that you would expect. The, uh, Katana was actually played up as the defiant, uh, defiant daughter of uh, Shao Kahn, which makes sense. Right. Uh, the one thing that got me is uh, Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Uh, they are mortal enemies against each other. And they literally said one line in it to explain it, that these two are under my control. Yeah. From what, I, from what uh, the story in MK1 was, they both got paid so that they would be able to face. Uh, sorry, Sub Zero was paid to kill Shao Kahn and kill Shang Tsung in the tournament, while Scorpion was paid to be there. If he won the tournament, he got a chance to go after Sub Zero. Oh, okay. Because I would have loved and to have seen them square off at one point during the movie. Like, that would have been sick. Yeah, absolutely. And then that was and, the other thing. When those two showed up, I was so mad that Reptile wasn't there. But then he shows up later, and I was like, ah, fuck. They're, Rep they're so rad. Reptile has never actually been a reptile before. Right. Or at least that, that kind of reptile. Okay. Like, that, like everything that uh, everything about going into Outworld, that last 20 minutes of the movie, that was completely off the board because... MK2 was not developed before this game was sent out, I do believe. Okay. Or MK2 was just starting to be in development. There was no mention of Outworld itself other than saying Outworld in, uh, in anything in Immortal Kombat 1. So. Okay. Well, like, I mean, at the same time, like, I listen, I, I as much as it sucks, I have a soft spot for the Mario Brothers movie that came out in the 90s. And... I would I would argue that like creative license isn't even the term for how fucking wild they went with that movie. So oh, like absolutely. Even knowing nothing about Mortal Kombat, I was like, all right, well they got some regular people. They got these weird creatures. They're all gonna fight in this tournament called Mortal Kombat. I was like, at least they 
kind of stayed loyal to the source material. I can get on board with that. At least they tried. It was somewhat decent compared to the storyline. It made a story that made sense. Yeah. You, you don't... The funny thing is, when you're dealing with a fighting game movie, you don't need to over-dramatize everything. Just focus on what you what you have here, and that's fighting. Yeah, people just want to see the fights. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's what, that's what makes it frustrating to deal with the first half hour of the movie. Yeah, 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 you're right. Because you're right. Like I, Even when you said it, like, fucking 10 minutes ago, like, you're right. I knew that it was a long time until the fight started. But now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. I was like eating a pizza while I was watching it. And I was like, so when do they fight? But then once it starts, you're right. It's almost. And then once it starts, it's almost like it goes zero to 60. And then it's just nothing but fights. Like there's yeah, no breaks want, in between it, at all. If you want overemphasized drama in a movie, go check out Street Fighter the movie. That's a whole different other oh, ball God. wax. There. I don't know if I want to. More people voted for this than that one. Um, I'm very, I'm very disappointed because I really wanted to see you suffer on that one. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Podcasting is a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time, every day. I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad, the ugly. I kind of keep that offline, and it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I just need to pick and choose who I talk to. We all have stuff that just lives in our minds, rent-free, 24-7. Talking about them can really help, because the longer you keep something bottled up, the more likely it is to blow. You've heard me say it before, and you're going to keep hearing me say it. Therapy is the way. Therapists can be that ear to bend when you really need to get something off your chest and don't know who to talk to. And better help is a great way to go about it. I don't BS you guys. I don't say I've used something if I've never used it. I've personally talked to a BetterHelp therapist about the stuff going on in my personal life, and I genuinely found it helpful. To have someone to talk to that doesn't have any skin in the game, that can just listen and try to help me come up with a roadmap to get through the tough times... It's just invaluable. It has seriously really helped me. I've talked to my therapist through video and you can do it that way or you can do it over the phone or even just over chat and they give you as many schedule options as possible so you can work a session in around your life. It's licensed therapy as convenient as it gets. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RememberTheGame today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash RememberTheGame. Okay, so I I've already established because I want to ask you like I've established I I really like Johnny Cage he's the fucking best uh, and then seeing the three mutants was cool I was hoping Melina would show up once they introduced Katana but I can live without her that's fine um, who do you like like who do you like in the, like who's your favorite character in this movie but to me watching this movie it, there's no one character that really stands out for me it's more how the interactions work so well. And some of the lives that they were given up. By the way, you talk about cheesy acting. These guys were encouraged to actually do some ad libbing out there. Like one of the one of the most famous lines of the movie actually was ad libbed when Johnny Cage uh, is about to take care of Goro after Goro smashed his sunglasses. Yeah, he t- he turns to Goro and says, "Those are five hundred dollar glasses, asshole." Yeah, yeah, that's a great line. It, it's just everybody has their. Everybody has their role. They fill it properly. It's very cheesily done, but it's still... I like movies that just make sense. Like, nobody really has to stand out to be a top character. Agreed. Yeah. I, like, oh! What, go ahead. I just wanted to say, quickly, when you brought up that fight between Johnny Cage and... Um, 
the forearm guy, Goro. Uh, yeah. I was really, that disappointed me. Because, like, they hype up and hype up and hype up that Goro's going to fucking ruin everybody. And then Johnny Cage, like, punches him in the nuts and kills him in, like, three seconds. Like, I was, I wanted to see, like, some, like, I wanted, like, a big 10-minute dragged out fight and like i don't know maybe it's because they were like maybe animating goro wasn't cheap so they had to limit his screen i don't know but like i thought that fight sucked considering that was the fight i wanted to see the most i thought that fight sucked i think it's actually the fact that it wasn't animated it was it was a puppet basically oh, try, okay you're, you're you're trying to work it out that the puppet is gonna go up and and uh try to attack somebody and right it, it, it's actually uh funny there the one thing that popped me now is the fact, like I said, I was doing some research before this. Uh, you know the screaming that he does and that at the ending when Shao Kahn does his one line? The guy that does the voice for that was freaking Megatron from the cartoon series. Oh, really? Yeah, they, they actually brought in Frank Welker to do that big roar for uh, Goro. Oh, wow. I, 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 man, like when he first, when you first see Goro, when he comes down, because that's when that guy with the half metal face is like eating everything, and Goro like walks yeah, up to him. Yeah, that's Kato. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought Goro looked so. I was like, especially keeping in mind like 1995. I was like, that looks pretty good. But then like I waited and waited and waited to see this fucking guy fight, and then Johnny Cage punched him in the nuts, called him an asshole, and threw him off a cliff. And I was like, oh, well, like. What the fuck was that? He fought Scorpion for well, 10 minutes. The story of Goro is the fact that he hasn't had to fight for, I believe it's eight tournaments. He had to fight in the first one, and then he didn't have to fight until this one. Right. Because they were so dominant that he did not have to appear. Right. Ah, I so, just wanted to, I wanted to see it. I don't know. Not a big deal. Well, you did get the one fight in, but unfortunately, because of the way you're dealing with it, it was from that first-person point of view, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, that freaking fatality they did for that uh, that one fight with Goro, like, I'm staring at it, and people that know, I do, I do production work for wrestling videos and such, and I'm watching it. And the final blow that they do with Goro onto this guy, um, I, it, Art, that's what, that was his name was, Art Lead. He hits him in the side of the shoulder and kills him. I don't like, think I remember it, that. It was that fight uh, where you first get Goro before he fights Johnny Cage. They had that one fight with the one guy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, okay, yeah, Inside yeah, the yeah. room when, when they couldn't afford to actually have real soldiers around the ring, so they had people in production jackets and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Them back in, and I'm like... What the hell is going on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, but I mean, I, ah, whatever. Like, it's, I'm not mad I, about it. I, 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 just... I will say this did seem to be like a very uh, martial artsy, you know that typical, stereotypical martial arts movie, Jackie Chan. Uh, the one thing that really tipped me off about it is when Goro first comes out and they show him eliminating guys left, right, and center, throwing them all over the place. Yeah. Everybody in there, with exception, I think, two, were all in geese. If you're talking about the world's best fighters, not all of them are going to be martial artists. Yes, they are. 
I don't know. There's going to be wrestlers. Is, like, I'm looking at this and I'm like, really? Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it was, it, yeah. it, it, it's like trying to draft a roster for the Montreal Canadiens or something. You know, you can <laughs> get some better players, right? You're not wrong. Oh, Fuck sorry. me. You're not wrong. But like oh, you're right sorry. though, it is such a focus on on the martial on the on the martial arts, martial arts. I just invented a new kind of fight. You're right. Like it is yes, very yeah, it is very focused on the on the martial arts. But um, I don't know though. Like I because I want to get back to some of the fucking acting because I oh my god I hated the acting. But I I for the most part enjoyed the fights. You knew that at the end, uh, it was gonna come down to Liu Kang and uh, what's his name there, Shang, Shang the dude Shang. that killed his brother. Um, that was all like, that was, you know, y'all knew that that was going to be the ending of it. Um, I, I understand why Johnny Cage and Liu Kang and Sonya Blade didn't fight each other because they were all representing earth. But I, I, I don't know. I guess I kind of was hoping at some point to see the two of them fight just because I thought it would have been cool, but it wasn't the end of the world to me. Um, what was your favorite this, fight? This is why I, I, I get spoiled with the fact that we get, like, if you ever watch, if you ever played Mortal Kombat 9, which I know you didn't, did. you can still go on YouTube and just watch the cutscenes put together. And it, it makes a lot more fluid movie where these guys will actually face each other. Kind of oh. Like, it would have been, like, because at the very beginning or near the beginning, like, when they first get to that boat, and Johnny Cage has all his bags and he asks Liu Kang to, he like gives Liu Kang money to carry him and he just like throws his bag in the water. And Johnny doesn't even get mad. He's just like, oh, well, that's, that wasn't very nice. And then like he's kind of hitting on Sonya Blade and Sonya Blade's like, you're a fucking loser. Get away from me. Like at one point I was like, oh, dude, at some point two of these people are going to square off. Right. And then they just never, and I get again why, I get why. But I kind of just wanted to see them, you know, I, I don't know. I, maybe it's just because they were three of the characters I recognized. Just like I wanted to see you Scorpion fight Sub Zero, but you would like to see these guys fight each other for a, like because they are not a group, and that's what they were trying to say at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, that these guys are not a group. Like that—that that was another one of my favorite comments uh, when he threw the bags in the uh, when Luke Cage threw Johnny Cage's bags in the water. Yeah, uh, Johnny Cage turns around and says, "Thank God I didn't let him park my car." Yeah. It's so stupid. That was one of my favorites. Too. And then the fucking the part where my you know what I thought you know the part where I realized what I was into in this movie is right after that when Johnny Cage and Luke Kang get on this fucking mysterious ghost boat, and Sonya Blade is like sitting in the in the bushes or whatever with her partner, and then she's like, "Oh man, there they are!" It goes running toward the boat, and her partner's like, "No, don't stop!" And then she just gets on this ghost boat from hell. And like who just gets on this like and all three of them were like it's no big thing that we're all on this boat and the only one that really knew why they were there was Liu Kang but the other two were just like this is fine that was when I realized like all right I, I, and admittedly at that point I had not checked out but I was like this is gonna be fucking terrible but then like you said once the fighting starts then it started to pick up a little bit but I I just well, that part was the part where I was like what the fuck is this well, one, th one thing they didn't do well enough until the actual part of the movie that pulling out for Sonya Blade's character Sonya Blade's partner was killed by Kano so she's going to do absolutely anything possible to go after him and that's and, the guy with the half metal face yeah the guy yeah. with the half metal face is yeah. the guy that killed her because before those two fought 
he talked about the knife that uh, gutted his partner from chin from ear to ear, right? Right. Yeah. If, if they would have brought something up about that, just besides that he killed him uh, yeah. earlier, yeah. it might have given a little more juxtaposition why he got in the boat. It's the reason Johnny got. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. I was going to say the reason Johnny got on the boat was simply just because he had a guy come up to him and say, Hey, you want to prove that you're the best? Here's a tournament. And he's like, I am so bored that I am going to go try this. And I liked that, you know, cause he was sick of the media saying that he was full of shit. I, I actually thought that was cool. Um, so, it- so everybody did have their motivations to get on the boat. Some were a little more loose than others, but, but yeah, it was just the idea that like this boat looks like it just came from the ninth, fucking level of hell and she's just like i'll get on it and her partner doesn't even try to stop her he's just like ah she's not gonna listen (laughs) maybe that's why he got recast in the next next movie (laughs) yeah because he didn't try harder to keep her (laughs) off the boat um oh okay so i i have i have one other i have another thing i want to talk about but i i wanted to get back because i i I wanted to know like my favorite fight was cage and, and scorpion what was your favorite fight I would have to say was you're probably looking at the end fight uh, uh, with Shang Tsung and Liu Kang. I would have to go with. Okay. There's so many. There's enough Easter eggs in there that uh, will keep your nerd happy. Because uh, little fact about it, the after the fact, the characters that were brought out of the uh, like, remember how he. The first fight that Kang had was to face his enemy, and they pulled these like six or seven guys out of the uh, out of the ground as he resurrected these ancient warriors. Yeah, because he had like because uh, he like took their souls when he killed them or whatever, right? Yeah, whenever yeah. somebody gets killed, he absorbs souls. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll get back to the reason that he does that here in a second, but uh, those guys that were brought out, they actually used those uh, models. In MK2, there was a, a throne background where they actually have them up as statues up against the wall. So, oh, nice. The game, de- the game developers took the movie and actually moved some of this into Canada uh, a little bit more. I thought that um, just the way they were fighting on the ledge above a, a bed of spikes, like that's that's Mortal Kombat too. Like that felt like Mortal Kombat. Well, th- that was set homage to the pit level. Yeah. So I recognize that. that. That's how. That's always been in there, but it's always been a different direction. But here nor there, it, you got the spikes in the bottom. That's all anybody ever cares about. It felt like it felt like they were like I don't know if this is a hot take or not because you all know how much I love Mario and how much I don't care about fighting games. But like, I thought this was a better movie than the Mario Brothers movie. And oh yeah, like I mean, and I and I thought to me what it felt like like the Mario Brothers movie. Like everyone knows it was like fucking director's hell and they couldn't figure out what they were going to do with it. This really just felt like they were trying to walk a line between attempting to tell some semblance of a story, but just making it as many fights as like it it felt like, and I'm not saying they went wrong either way, but like watching it, I really felt like they were just, they were trying their best to kind of please both sides. They're like, Hey, if you're a Mortal Kombat fan, you're going to get these fights with these iconic characters. But if you're maybe the spouse of a Mortal Kombat fan or somebody that had to take a Mortal Kombat fan to the movies, we're trying to give you a semblance of a story for you to watch to keep you entertained. And I just, I thought the story was okay, but I, I, I really did enjoy most of the fight scenes. Like, and I, that's what I watched it for. That's what I wanted to see were fights. And I, I was impressed. I thought they did a good job. 
Um, I wanted to see Raiden. Raiden? Raiden? Is that how you say it? Raiden? Raiden. I wanted to see Raiden. him fight, but, you know. Well, the the biggest thing for me here is when it comes to public acknowledgement of this movie, more often than not, even up until you got to the point where you had uh, Sonic, and th- this might be a hot take too, but I think I'm pretty confident of it. Until the Sonic movies came out, and even thoughts of the this most recent rendition of Mortal Kombat, which I can get into another tirade about that later. But uh, many people said, will this be a good video game movie since the last good one was Mortal Kombat? Right. Like many, pe- many people considered that this, this was the last good video game movie for a good 20 years. I mean... Like the only video game movies now. Keep in mind, before anyone gives me angry, angry emails, I'm assuming we're not including like the Pokemon movies because they're not based on. Oh, like, oh you know. no, I'm including the Pokemon movies. Don't oh worry, god, man. don't. All right, you, you guys can yell at, at yell it at Mike the ref. Don't fucking yell at me, you goddamn Just Pokemon bring fans. Bring it all the day. But the only video game movies that I've seen are the Mario Brothers movie from the '90s, this, and the two Sonic movies, and that might be it. That I'm, oh, and then I've seen like well, the one got... Resident Evil movie. Well, um, there was uh, Re- there was Resident Evil. There was uh, Street Fighter. Yeah, you got to remember that one. There's Double Dragon that had one as well. Right. I um, mean, oh, there's like there's Tomb Raiders. There's Uncharted. Like, there's quite a few of them. I just haven't seen any of them. But there's, yeah, yeah. There's many franchises that have come up, but it seems that none of them have been able to catch the essence of what their video game really is. Yeah, since Mortal Kombat. And I'd agree with that. Having not knowing, not even knowing a lot about movies or Mortal Kombat, I like. Yeah, I was like, I, I when I was done watching it, I was like, yeah, that was a Mortal Kombat movie. I I think Sonic is better, but I thought this was a good. I I didn't hate it. I I thought it was stupid, but in a good way. Like I I. I, I would almost like to, you know how like there's classic like PS1 games that could just use a remake like Resident Evil. They all got remade and the remakes are better. Like they got rid of some of the cheese. I'd almost like to see this movie and I don't know if maybe that's what 2021 or whatever was, but I'd almost like to see it remade and just get rid of the, like get people that can act and give me the same movie and I'd love to see what it could do. And I don't care. I don't care if it's disrespectful. The people in this movie can't fucking act. I don't care. Shut up. They're terrible. Everyone- Everyone was anticipating that 20, the 2021 movie would be somewhat of a remake of the 1995 movie. And when it turned into essentially an Elseworlds story, oh. like this, this is why video, uh, video game movies for me right now are saved because of Marvel. Because Marvel introduced the Elseworlds, the DC as well. They introduced the different worlds that you can be part of, the different universes. Right. So the, t- the only reason the 2021 movie was actually decent for me is the fact that I could actually take my brain out and say, okay, well, this isn't this world. This is this world. So, so like, so the, the, and I don't want to get too into the new movie. We're talking about the 95 movie, but like, yeah, the, the, the new movie isn't about just one fighter, though, right? Like, it is about, like, the tournament, like Mortal Kombat, the tournament. It, it more so is a de- character development movie for Scorpia than it is an actual... Okay. It's sort, of a pre, it's sort of a pre-tournament movie, and it introduces a new character. Like I said, we don't want to get in too much into it. No, it's and I don't want to spoil anything for like, anybody on the new ones, yeah. 
it, it's sort of like how Street Fighter has a new character tr- that they're trying to evolve in their in their evolution of video games right now. But that I think that's about as far as we're gonna go okay. here. All right. Well, yeah, dude. I gotta say, man, considering it's a movie about like let's call let's let's be honest. And I know you're a Mortal Kombat fan, and I know Mortal Kombat, like not the movie, but the games. And I know people are probably listening to this. I am not. I've always said I have no qualm with fighting games outside of my inability to play them. I think they're great. I love watching high level play. I just suck at them. But let's be honest, all right. The story in most fighting games is so secondary, it's insane. You just want to fight. Like you just want to see these characters fight. That's it, right. Like there's I a tournament that with an ex- with with an exception. What's that? The Nether the Netherrealm games right now in the last ten years. The which games? You're talking about inju- whether you talk about injustice, whether you talk about Mortal Kombat. Oh, okay. Uh, if you go through the story modes, like I'll be honest, while I'm sitting here talking to you about it, I actually have one of those video game movies on my TV right now, playing just you know give me that Mortal Kombat feel to me here. Right. So, okay. But they, they have put so much detail into those games. And speaking of these games, this movie is so beloved and so appreciated by the Mortal Kombat community. Four characters have actually lended their voice to Mortal Kombat 11. They brought them back in as DLC for this latest edition before essentially Mortal Kombat's going to be reset. Really? Who? Uh, Shang Tsung was the big announcement that absolutely blew the crowd away here. So, so the dude that played Shang Tsung in this movie is going to voice Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat 11. He did, yes. He did. That's fucking sick. Uh, Ter- That's awesome. Terry, T- Terry Tagawa did it, yeah. That's awesome. And then you got, and you got Bridget Wilson for uh, Sonya. Okay. She came in. It, the original in the video game was Ronda Rousey, but you can swap it out for her. Okay. Uh, you also had uh, Lyndon Ashby, Johnny Cage. Yes, that's my boy, even though he can't act. And then, and then there's also Christopher Lambert as uh, Raiden. That's awesome. They were, all, they were all added in as voice characters into the video game as DLC with the uh, Mortal Kombat uh, 11 Aftermath. That's so rad. Good for all. Listen, good for all you Mortal Kombat fans that you got this, like what I wouldn't have given as a Mario fan for a Mario brothers movie. That was as embraced as this was by you guys. That's so awesome. I, that puts just a smile on my face. What a great thing that you guys got. Like a, this is a good, it's a fun movie. I don't want to say this is a good movie. It's a fun movie. That's so awesome that you guys have all just embraced it. Like you have, I, I was impressed. What a good, stupid movie. Simply put, Adam, if you're willing to just turn your brain off and just enjoy it for what it is, this is a really fun movie to watch Yeah, for fans and not fans alike. There are some, like, there's a couple things more there I could bring up. I could be nitpicky. I could be that uh, nerd in the front row at a Comic-Con talking about certain things in this movie, but... All in all, they really didn't matter a whole lot. No, it was just a fun movie. Like, even if I didn't know anything about Mortal Kombat, I think I could have watched it and been like, oh, it's cool to see the fights. Knowing some of the characters, though, and seeing them, especially, you know, keeping in mind that this is 1995. Like, this was still a new thing. Like, video game movies weren't... Now, it feels like every week there's two more video game movies announced. This was 95. This was different. Um, I, I loved it. I'll ask you... 
Is the sequel worth watching? <laughs> without without ruining anything for me because I have not seen it. All right. Well, um, it does carry on a little bit more into the second video game. Okay. Um, it. Uh, let's put it. Uh, one of the main characters gets killed within five minutes because of a contract dispute. I'll just throw it out there right now. Like, wait, so like they had a contract dispute behind the scenes, so they just killed the character off? Five minutes in, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and the and the other and the other part I will preface this with, because this will be obvious for you. Lou Kang, the player the person who played Lou Kang. I believe they're the one that absolutely said they did not want any part of this movie. Of the sequel. Yeah, it's that he wasn't even in it. Why? What was wrong with the first one? It was fine. No, 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 no. No, it wasn't the first one that was the problem. Oh, he just saw the script of the second one. I see. Okay. Well, now I almost want to watch the second one just to see. I I thought this was fun, man. My personal opinion of the second one. You really need to throw your brain into neutral and throw it out the door. And okay. the most common phrase you're going to be using in that movie is what the blank was that? Well, when Not I, when I start smoking blank, pot again, I'll watch the sequel. Um, basically, oh. basically, you might still be saying it. <laughs> Before we start wrapping this up, I wanted to quickly point out too, the one thing I did know of this movie prior to watching it was I had a friend in elementary school that had the soundtrack to this movie and listened to it all the time. And watching it and actually hearing it, especially that like title track and everything, uh, dude, the soundtrack to this movie is really like at least that I shouldn't say the whole soundtrack. I only really know that initial like that title like that. Mortal Kombat. But I love that song. Here's a funny fact for you. But I I know we can wrap up on all these lovely funny facts. That that song, Techno Syndrome has never made it into a single Mortal Kombat game. Why? It's been in the commercials. It's been in advertising. It's never been in a game. How do you go out and get these actors and actresses to come back and provide their voices, but don't get the song? How? Dude, imagine if they... Wow, Jesus. What a... What a miss... Imagine... Imagine if... Because what Mortal Kombat's next? 12? Is that the next the next game? Mortal Kombat 12? Yeah, it'll be okay. twelve. It'll be twelve if it comes out. Yeah. Imagine if you get a trailer at say the Game Awards this year for Mortal Kombat twelve, and that song kicks off the trailer, people will lose their fucking minds. How do you not get off your wallet and pay for the song to do that? That'd be so sick. Oh, they they've been using the song at nauseum. They just never put it in the game. Why? Why? What a missed opportunity. Uh, probably in the. Probably in the last game that they're ever going to create on this franchise, which is going to probably be a hell of a long time because of how much money it makes. Oh, sure. Mortal Kombat's not going anywhere. Well, like you should see how much the anticipation is for the game boards December 9th, just hoping and praying that Mortal Kombat 12 shows up. Yeah. Because I, I have to hand it to NetherRealm. They are they're worse than Nintendo when it comes to secrets right now. <laughs> that's pretty tight man because nintendo doesn't say yeah, a goddamn that, thing like, like you it almost makes you think that they have a raid in the basement so if anybody leaks anything out you're getting sent to the nether realm or yeah. something well all they've said haven't they said i mean I, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this up i don't want to get too into like the, the games but like 
Because they have said they're done with Mortal Kombat 11. I'm positive I saw that, that they said they're like, we're not adding anything else. It's done. Mortal Kombat 11 is basically, the story's wrapped up since Aftermath. Yeah. And and, and they actually told the story of Luke Keg actually being able to re, rewrite time. Rewrite time? So that they, oh, but to save his brother? He's able to, uh, when it comes to Luke Keg, he, he, they beat somebody else in their idol. They beat uh, basically the holder of the hourglass of the uh, spirits of time and whatnot. It was a big, 11 was a big time travel adventure story. Oh, so. okay. See, that past stories. and present all come together and all that stuff. And basically, see. it was set up that they, they ended it where they said Luke Cage went back to the original Mortal Kombat like 900 years ago. Oh, okay. And start, started talking to the original. Uh, Kung Lao, who's uh, who's uh, supposed to be the original champion of Mortal Kombat, and they left it there at that. So, who knows what if they're gonna do or what they're gonna do for Mortal Kombat 12? Well. well, they better get the fucking song. I mean, I'm not gonna play it anyway; it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> but they better have that fucking song, anyways. Um, oh, oh, don't worry, we'll get we'll get you to play it. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't hold my breath on that. Oh man, I just saw there's a novelization of this movie. I gotta read this fucking novel now. <laughs> um, did we miss oh, anything? The- is there anything before we score this thing? Like, is there anything that we want that you wanted to bring up that we didn't bring up? Like, um, I, I'm good. But- this was I I'll have to say this is a little bit. This is the early time of animatronics, so. Everything that was rather, I was actually unimpressed. I was actually impressed with a lot of the stuff, like the, like the animal reptile. He was at, like it was all psychedelic and realm based, but that was all brand new animation stuff. They hadn't been doing a lot of that. No, so yeah, I, I thought am, I am impressed. I am impressed with a lot of that stuff. So. Me too, dude. The one part in particular when. Johnny Cage is fighting Scorpion in like the woods or whatever. And Scorpion holds his hand up and that thing like crawls out of his hand. I was like, dude, for 1995, that looked really good. Like I I was, I, yeah, I have no beef with the special effects in this movie whatsoever. None. I, the, I wish they, I wish they'd use some of the special effects to make the fucking actors good. Because yeah. Well, that would be played for miracles here. Yeah. But no, I, I agree. I, dude, I gotta say like, I, Okay, we got to score this. I, I like this I like this movie a lot. It um there's 11 Mortal Kombat games. So, mainline. So, let's go with that. I was either that or 1995 and I don't want to score to 1995. So, Let, let's let's go 11. That yeah. works for me. So, if you're scoring the original Mortal Kombat out of 11, what are you going to score this movie, Mike? With my heart in my hand on this, I'm going to give it a solid 8.5. All right. Because as much as people talk about the cheese of this movie, it does keep to the theme of Mortal Kombat rather well. It tells a, it tells a good story, despite the lack of combat in the first third of it. it. It just loses some points on, well, basically a lot of the cheese that we were talking about. And then also how it does deviate a little bit in a few places here and there where there were all there were better opportunities for growth than what they did in that movie. Sure. All right. What um, do you got? I if you had told me two weeks ago that I'd be giving it the score like this, I would have said no fucking honestly, like 
I got to give it at least a nine out of 11. I loved it. I thought it was so cheesy that it was good. And I've said that about other video games. If you're going to be cheesy, go so far into the cheese that you start to hook back around into good. And that's what it did. I don't have a single major complaint other than I wanted to see Scorpion and Sub-Zero fight. And I thought the Goro Johnny Cage fight was a letdown, but that's it. I I loved it. I'll give it a nine. I I'll watch it again at some point. I really like this movie. I thought I was gonna hate I it. I thought that's why everybody voted for it because they thought I'd hate it. But no, I loved it. No, I think a lot of people voted for this because it was one of those you've got to actually watch this one time. It's one of those you got to watch one time in your life. Yeah. Just to under, just to understand where fighting game fans are coming from. It. Yeah. No, for a I, lot of this, and yeah, it was great. Hopefully, hopefully, this convinces you enough to, you know, one day we're gonna get you out of controllers somewhere. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> the thing is, is I don't need to be good at these games to watch their movies. I just, oh. I and I just want to clarify. I want to go on that just quickly because I get asked a lot for fighting game episodes, and I just want anyone listening to this that loves fighting games to know I have no beef with your games. I just, I'm, I'm so bad. That, like, I don't even have fun because I'm so bad. And I don't think they're bad games. I'm just, like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to review a lot of these because I'm never going to put enough time into them because I suck so hard at them. Like, I, it's just, it's like watching paint dry to me to play them because I'm so bad at it. But I respect it. I respect your genre. I like your genre. Uh, and I love, apparently I love your fucking movies because this movie was awesome. So uh, It's one of, the one thing I like about fighting games is the fact that if you have a good story mode for it, it can translate so well to the silver screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was impressed. Video. I'm definitely going to watch that sequel at some point. I don't know when, but I'm definitely going to watch that sequel. Um, Mike, you're a, you're a busy guy, not unlike myself. What are you up to over? Uh, what are you up to all the time? And what are you up to in the next? I guess it'd be in the next like 48 hours by the time this episode goes live. What do you got going on? I think as it's going live, it's pretty much as I'm. Uh, as you guys are listening to this, but uh, if you guys haven't heard, I am uh, the head of Backbreaker Media, which uh, covers both our wrestling channels, Backbreaker Video, and as well Backbreaker Gaming, uh, where a bunch of us do a lot of Let's Plays and uh, enjoy a lot of uh, a lot of different games all over the place. But um, the day that we're recording it, or the day we're releasing this, November sixteenth, I'm actually doing a. Uh, 12 hour stream because I'm not as crazy as Adam to do 24 hours <laughs> uh, in support of jack.org for uh, youth and young adult uh, suicide prevention uh, so we're doing that over on my Twitch channel twitch.tv slash Mike the Ref uh, you can also check out like I said Backbreaker Gaming on uh, the YouTube and yeah everything else I'll have a link tree in the uh, comments or in the uh, show notes for you so and if you want to donate to charity, it'll be up till the end of the year. Um, if I get to a thousand dollars, you get to see a fat man dance live on stream. <laughs> I've offered, I, I've offered to do a just death twenty twenty stream if we get to a thousand dollars. I love it. Awesome. Yes. Assuming that just, Mike, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, we got to make Amaranth jealous somehow. <laughs> Assuming Mike uh, remembers to send me his details between now and next Tuesday when I upload this episode. Like Mike said, look in the description of this podcast and you will find all those details. And uh, Mike, buddy, goddamn, what a fun movie. This was I, I was so hesitant to do this episode because I don't watch movies and I don't play fighting games. 
Uh, I'm still not going to play fighting games and I'm still not going to watch a lot of movies, but I did like this movie about a fighting game. And thank you very much for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to, uh, to join me and talk about it, man. I appreciate it very much. Always a pleasure, Adam. But we got to get some more, some more of these uh, video game movie reviews done with you here. Definitely, yeah. They're they're so much easier than playing twenty hour games. So I promise all of you listening in twenty twenty three, won't be every week or anything, but there will be some more video game movie reviews in twenty twenty three. I promise. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Mike, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking Mortal Kombat. And uh, to every single one of you nerds listening to this right now, whether this was your first Remember the Game or your 223rd, thank you so much for listening. And thank you for the support. I really appreciate it. If you're hearing this on the day it goes live, which is Wednesday, November 16th, uh, head over to Mike the Ref uh, on Twitch, Mike the Ref, and check out his stream. He's streaming for 12 hours in a row to raise some money for Jack.org, which is a great fucking cause. As he mentioned, you can find information in the description of this podcast if you are interested interested and if you want to check out more of my crap twitch.tv slash member the game whenever i feel like getting on there hit me with a follow it'll tell you whenever i'm online and youtube.com slash remember the game i got let's plays and there's all kinds of crap over there and again if you want more of these man there's almost 300 of them actually there's if you go to the five dollar tier there's well over 300 but either way there is hundreds of bonus podcasts waiting for you for as little as $2 a month. And you're going to get two additional podcasts a week at patreon.com slash remember the game. So get over there, check it out. Blah, 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 blah. You know how it all works right now. Right. Uh, that's going to do it. Everybody. I will be back tomorrow for all of our patrons where I'm going to be reviewing Mario and rabid sparks of hope. Uh, spoiler free as always game patch. will go live on Friday. We're talking about all those biggest news and video games. And I'll be back a week from right now with a member of the game number 224, which is going to be about a mystery game that people have been trying to guess forever that I just finished playing. It has been requested by people. It has been frequent on the Patreon polls and uh, I'll give you one hint. That's all you're getting. It's a PlayStation 2 game. All right? I'll see you next week for the mysterious episode. Take it easy, everybody. I'm going to thank some patrons and get out of here. Oh, yeah. Leave us a good review if you didn't hate this podcast, would you please? All right. Take it easy, everybody. Cheers. Goodbye. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not puke up all the content I churn out every week without all of your support. The following people are at the Senior Executive Vice President level or higher at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. And as such... I'm contractually obligated to thank them. So I'm going to rip through their names and thank them as quickly as humanly possible. A huge thank you to Makeshift Mallow, Magic Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre, Seymour Butts, James Clark, King Bahamut, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Chris Flurry, Charlie Medeiros, Andrew Wright, Jordan, Fraser Burns, Little Bunny Fufu 89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Aaron Lawson, Nathan Tromblay, A-Town, Morgan, Zane Donovan, Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney, G9PSX, Mercury869, Wolfgang Darren, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Doogie, Wolf Magic... 21, Johnny CCDC, Joe LeBlanc, Squints, Titan 420, Zonko 504, Russell Aldridge, Jeff Bergeron, Captain N, OT Plays Games, Daniel, Tunable Power, John Woodruff, Randy Barrage, Just a Fish, TP Pooper, Denzalo, Holmes, Zach Shepard, Chris Dickin, Matthew D'Amico, Frosty Feet 492, Triple, Chugger 22, Elijah Burns, Stephen Parnell, Ray San Wontonga, DBXJ, Jameer Williams, Steve Dalk, Turd Ferguson, Mizuru, Nicholas Chaffee, David Marcus, Phil Lencher, Ruben Elizald, Eric James, Riley Turvey, Jake Carter, Laces Out Dan, C 
C-Spin, Thomas Smith, Nicola, Much Makuchi, Leroy Westrich, Dark Squall, Jerry the 3D Printed Sawstrich, Russell, last name I can't say, Evolva, Sean Ramos, DB Cooper, Stud Still Smash, Mojo the Helper Monkey, Brant Hewitt, Gabe, Dan Fusselman, Fuzzy99, Decoy Man, John Jameson, Riot the Surgeon Who's Not a Surgeon, Roe, Blaine the Hoagie Man, Scary Terry, Bucky the Beagle Herder, Edridge FPV, Hagel Waffle, High Plains Drifter, Kayach, Jimothy, Joe Stone, Chris Williams, Oroku Saki's Gardener, Cody Richardson, General Fury, Dem Boys on the Roof, Current Remember the Game Hall of Famer Mark McHugh, James Juan Francesco, John of the Adult Children Podcast, Matt Hamilton, Nomad, Daniel DeVore, James Black, my computer froze for a second there. James Black, Drugs Ben, okay. Sam Carpenter, Nerdy Hybrid, Adam Fletcher, Colin Bollinger, Pinball Mage, Mer- Joey Mercury, Theoret, Squeak Nuts, Isaias, Timmy the Exuberant Turtle, Brian Neese, Christian Gabriel, Maverick Marty, Musty Beetle, Bud Lightyear, Beef Dingleberry, Michael Barjudana, Hitchy Poo, Arctic Fission, Romaldo Marquez, Bulma Simp, Mark But Not McHugh, Ben Molly, Malloy, Ben Malloy, Trevor McKee, I'm Getting Lightheaded, That's Not a Patreon. <laughs> That's a sweet handle. Uh, Cam, Cam Nelly 23, Zamatos, Skelleroni, Angelo Leonardo, Lugnut, Scott Weiss, Oh My God, It Froze, Bobby Litton, Brandon DeZeba, Roger Russell, Kia Pup, Knife Goes In, Guts Come Out, Works For Me, McGrathen, Heman Demon, James Sanabria, Derek Cox, Dakota Guy, Alexander Camps, Toad Spit, Ryan Perry, Alex R, It's The Bigfoot, Graham, Itchy Nutsaru, Mr. Papa Giorgio, John Drew, Solomon Soto, Darth Skywalter, Denton Van Zandt, Postman, West Gen, Nick Creature, Hatrick Swayze, Adam Martinet, Black Widow, Naf E, the big deal. Doctor Nightmare Twenty Three, Tone Bone Swiss, Kevin Monroe, the Stone, st- the Stone Shooter, and Shorzy. Thank you all so goddamn much for the support. I appreciate it. Talk to you on the next one. Purple Monkey Dishwasher. Get over here. <laughs> Oh, <laughs>